Welcome to the Ray of Hope Church podcast. We believe that hope changes everything, so get ready for an encouraging message from the Word of God. We pray that you would receive wisdom and revelation as you grow in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. This morning, how many of you know somebody that you wish were here already this morning? Wow, haven't we already had a, just a time in the presence of the Lord? If you have been with us through the uh, beginning of the year, we started a series called A New Season. Say that with me, A New Season. How many of you feel like you're in a new season? I really feel like that we in the church, we're in a new season. God is doing something new in all of us. He's the God of newness. Take your Bible this morning. Turn with me to John chapter 5. I'd like to share just a portion of scripture with you. And I'd like to link it to our uh, message last week. How many of you were here last week? Raise up your hand. We talked about Ruth making the transition from Moab to Bethlehem and a life of despair and death and tragedy to a life of newness, something totally different for her. And I want to go all the way back to the New Testament, John chapter 5, beginning at verse 2. Now there was in Jerusalem by the sheep gate a pool, which is called in Hebrew Bethesda, having five porticos or five porches or five color, uh, covered colonnades. In these lay a multitude of those who were sick, blind, lame, and withered, waiting for the moving of the waters. For an angel of the Lord went down at a certain season into the pool and stirred up the water. Whoever then first, after the stirring of the water, stepped in was made well from whatever disease with which he was afflicted. A man was there who had been ill for 38 years. When Jesus saw him lying there, and knew that he had already been a long time in that condition, he said to him, Do you wish to get well? The sick man answered him, Sir, I have no man to put me into the pool when the water is stirred up, but while I am coming, another steps down before me. Let's pray. Father, thank you for our gathering together. Bless this word in our ears, my heart, in my lips, Lord, that we might leave here encouraged and Lord, edified, built up, we pray it in Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Turn to your neighbors, I'm glad you're here today. I love the story about Miss Johnson. She was in a new season of her life. She was turning 70, and uh, she had lost her husband about 10 years before, and the little church that she was in had a tradition they would recognize birthdays and because Miss Johnson was turning 70 the preacher had her stand and said Miss Johnson's turning 70 we want to honor her and what we do here is uh, we let uh, the birthday person uh, select the uh, next three hymns and she stood up that day and she looked around the congregation and said I'll take him and I'll take him and I'll take him <laughs> a little different uh, rendition on the hymns right well one of the things that I know is that all of us are moving. We're going from not only faith to faith, glory to glory, but we're transitioning from season to season. God works in seasons. If you notice in that passage, the Bible said at a certain season, say that with me, at a certain season. Now let's all set together. Here we go. At a certain season, the water was stirred. The angel came down. We have to have an awareness of the seasons in our life. God works by seasons. We said the other day we wish he would always work in moments and seconds and hours and weeks and months and years, but sometimes God works by seasons. In Ecclesiastes chapter 
3, it begins by there's a time and a season for all things. Matter of fact, when you go through the list, there are 28 seasons that he lists in that passage. How many of you know you're going to go through some seasons in your life? Some of you are there right now. You're transferring, you're translating, you're transitioning from where you are now to a different season. You sense it, you feel it, you know it, but it can be a little scary at times. But there is a need to move from one season to another season. Even nature teaches us that, doesn't it? We're in the season of winter. If I could snap my finger, it'd be 75 degrees. I would transition right to spring. I'd be out there and we would have the birds chirping, the grass would start greening up, and the trees would start to blossoming. But let me tell you something. God has a purpose in every season. When we can't see what's going on in the winter, the, the leaves are down, and God's making some new soil. He's composting the earth, if you will. And, and all of the sap has run down to the bottom of the plants and in the roots, and what I can't see, God is doing underground. He's, he's growing, he's stretching, he's moving the roots of our lives underground, unseen to others, but God is doing something beyond the natural eye. Then we'll move to spring, and then we'll be in the summer, and then the fall, and the winter, and every phase of life, God has a season he operates in. Matter of fact, I don't know if you realize this, but when God made the covenant to Noah and when the rainbow appeared, this is what he said. He said, until this earth is dissolved, as long as the earth remains, there will be seed time and harvest, hot and cold. How many of you know God's going to continue working by seasons? And you and I need to realize that each season of your life has a purpose. A baby is born, and here we have this little baby. He has to be fed by his mom and dad and cannot walk, cannot talk, cannot change its own diaper. And so we're in that season. And then it begins to walk and it runs into the coffee table and falls down and stumbles and bangs its head around and it's just another season. Then we have childhood, the little boy and little girl. and Then we go to uh, this uh, teenage season. God help us all. <laughs> it's a different season. And there's a purpose in that season. There, there's uh, some things going on. I mean, it's the time they know everything, and they have to go through that season. And then we have young adulthood, and then we move into maturity. But every phase of that season has a purpose. And sometimes we're not in a good season. And we realize there's another season, and, and we move from that one season to the next season, and there is the need to move on. Let's talk about Ruth that we talked about last week. Ruth and her husband and then her, her you know, comrade in arms, the other daughter-in-law with her husband. And then we had the father-in-law and the mother-in-law. And then all of a sudden the, the dad dies and then the sons die. And now there's Ruth with her mother-in-law, Naomi, and then her other uh, sister-in-law and now they're in a whole new season. And, and now Ruth decides she's going to go back with Naomi, her mother-in-law, and she needs to move from one season to another season. There was death, there was heartbreak, there was tragedy, there was loss, 
But God was moving her to another season, and she was leaving that season behind. Folks, listen to me very carefully. We don't leave people behind just because we move to a new season, but God has steps for us to make so we can keep going forward and don't get stuck. Can I hear an amen? amen. And the same thing for you. If you don't realize the need to move from one season to another, we could get stuck somewhere along the way. We quit growing. We quit enlarging. We get locked into grief, pain, suffering. Let, let me tell you what I know about you. God has the ability to make all things new in your life. Isn't that amazing? Matter of fact, he doesn't just reform you and reshape you. He makes you a new creature, a new creation. And when I read in the book of Revelation, when John said, I saw New Jerusalem coming down from heaven like a bride adorned for her husband. And he said, I saw a new heaven and a new earth. Guess what? New creatures need a new heaven and a new earth. And sometimes we got to have a new season. And so we realize there are new seasons, a fresh thing, a new thing that God is doing. And some of you are right there right now. You're, you're being transitioned into a new season. And so the question that I have for you, are we positioned for a new season? Let's go back to the pool of Bethesda. It seems that some seasons tend to have expiration dates. They don't always continue the way that they are. It's not always an open invitation. There, there's a door open, it closes, it opens, it closes. Think about the guy lying by the pool. At a certain season, the angel would come down and trouble the water. Now, we don't know from Scripture, but let's just have some conjecture here. Was it just one person who got healed? Was it the first five that got in, the first ten that got in? Or as long as the water was troubled, people got healed? We don't know. But we do know this guy, for some reason, was not positioned to always get in the water. I mean, the, the water's troubled, but for some reason, he wasn't in that position to get in. And you say, now, wait a minute, preacher. This guy's lame. He's having trouble getting in the right position. Well, folks, if I had been lame... For 38 years, I would have rolled at least close to the edge. Can I get a witness? I, I remember when we started going to church years ago, and, and uh, Dad told me the story about going back to work after our family really had a transformation in, in our lives. And, and Dad said that when he got to work that everybody did not embrace, obviously, um, his position of uh, the baptism of the Holy Spirit, Pentecostalism, you know, the gifts of the Spirit. And he said that uh, some of the guys at work started calling him a holy roller. And I remember what Dad said, that he shared with me what he said. He said, well, I told him I'd rather roll in than not get in. <laughs> Isn't that true? Well, I think if I got close to the water, if I saw the angel come and trouble it, I'd just flop in. I'd roll in, whatever. Let me ask you a question. Are, are you positioning yourself for the next season of your life? We, we do it all the time. That's why we go to school. We, we position ourselves for the next chapter of our life. That's why we have retirement. We're trying to position ourselves for the next chapter of our life. That's why our families go through transitions. We're trying to position ourselves to the next chapter in our life. They don't last forever. I remember we just went through the Christmas season that Carrie would always, and she still does to this day, buys an ornament for every member of our family. 
And so Carrie buys angels and she buys me Santas and, and Matt gets Snoopies and Aaron gets airplanes. And so every year there would be an ornament in that category for every person. And, and I can remember also that when the boys were little, all of our ornaments were about this high off the floor. And from here up, the tree was kind of bare. So anything that was up here, Carrie and I had to put it on. And, and so everything around here was pretty crowded because that, that was about their reach, right about there. And then as they got older, the tree got a little higher with ornaments. And today, we are in a new season. We're most of the time decorating the tree by ourselves. And that stinks. And this is the first year in 30 years that our son Aaron did not wake up in our home on Christmas morning. It's a new season. And we didn't like that too much. But this is what I know. When they marry somebody, there's another family. You got to, doesn't that stink? There's another family you got to consider. And for 30 years, every Christmas morning, we would wake up and Carrie would make breakfast and the boys would come in in their pajamas and we would open our stockings and our gifts. And this year, the first time in 30 years, one of my boys is not there. It's a new season. Not a bad season, just a different season. He's entered a new season. She's entered a new season. We, we have new seasons. You are entering a new season. Some of you desperately need a new season. You need to move. You need to grow. You need to expand. You need to come into a newness. But that door is not always open. Sometimes we have to be patient. We have to be prepared for it. It won't last forever. Sometimes it only comes in intervals. Sometimes lengthy intervals. But we need to be prepared. If you're going to do brain surgery on me, please be prepared. If you're going to do my taxes, please be prepared. If you're going to pray for me, be prepared. If you're going to teach me, be prepared. If you're going to do something for me, be prepared. Hey, God has a time where he prepares us. But there also can be obstacles that hinder us from moving into our new season. Notice the words of the lame man here. Every time I try to get to the water, someone always gets in my way. Here's a question for you. Who's getting in your way for you stepping into your new season? Can I tell you, I know who the culprit is most of the time. It's you. It's you. It's me. You see, the lame man says, okay, I need to come into a new season. I need healing. I don't want to stay in this place. I've been lame for 38 years. This is horrible. I don't want to be in this place. I don't want to be in this season in my life. I see opportunity out here, but something, someone always gets in my way. They always step into the troubled water before I do. You know, sometimes that transition, that new season can be hindered. That obstacle is the pull of the past. If you were here about three weeks ago, we talked about God speaking to Moses and the Lord said to Moses, he said, Moses, how long are you going to circle this mountain? You've been circling the same mountain over and over and over and over. Some reason this mountain has a pull on you. Can I ask you a question? What has a pull, a pull on you keeping you from going to your new season? Sometimes it's the pain of our past. 
The pain of our past keeps us locked in to a certain season that we have. That pain of our past pulls us, keeps us, and labels us, and we stay there. Let's flip back to Ruth. Do you realize most of the time in the story in the book of Ruth, she's called Ruth the Moabitess? They labeled her. Have you found out people will label you? Oh, that's the liar, that's the thief, that's the adulterer, that's the stinker, that's the black sheep of the family, that's the dumb one, whatever the case may be. Do you realize that those labels can follow you over and over and over and over and over again? And Ruth is going through. She wants to leave this land of Moab. She's coming to a new land. She's already confessed with her mouth. Listen, I'm going to follow you, Ruth. For you go, I will go, your people will be my people, your God will be my God. Where you lodge, I will lodge. Where you die, that's where I'm going to be. But yet the label continued with her. Some of you have heard this, you're never going to amount to anything. Why can't you be like your brother? Why can't you be like your sister? You're going to end up in prison. So now you're going through life and here's the label. And the label's been attached. It's only to the end of the book of Ruth that it seems like she has the label dropped. But the new season can help you drop the label of your life. That negativity, that label that comes with you. God can allow us to drop the label of our life. A tie to the past that can be extremely negative. Here's the good news. God overcomes our past and Jesus forgives us of sins. Isn't that good news? that God overcomes our past and he allows us to move into a new season. I want you to write down three things this morning. What could be the obstacles that hinder you from moving into a new season? I want to give you just three. Number one, it could be the comfort of the familiar. Say that with me. The comfort of the familiar. Now let's all say it. The comfort of the familiar. That can become an obstacle in your life. This is the way we've always done it. This is where we've always gone. It's what we've always done. This is how it's always done. This is just me. We can get so comfortable in the familiarity of the right now, we don't move into the next season of our life. Let me confess something to you. Most of us don't like a new look. We like the old look. Now, ladies are a little different. Guys, we're horrible. Look at the guy next to you and say, you can be horrible. You wear your hair the same all the time. The style of clothes you have are the same all the time. I'm at the place in my life if it's not comfortable, I will not wear it. Can I get an amen? amen? I don't care if it costs $300. The other day, I have a pair of work boots, Tony Lama work boots. And I've had them for several years. And there's just something about a pair of boots. When you have been in the water and the mud and you've worked in them for about five years, they just form fit to your feet. And you put them on and it's like you're walking with a good friend. But then 
the sole of my Tony Lama started to come off. And I thought, oh no, the soles were coming off my boots. So, being the innovative person that I am, I went to the garage and got a tube of Gorilla Glue. Does anybody know what Gorilla Glue is? And I folded back those soles and I squeezed that Gorilla Glue in there and I doped it up really good. And when I put my weight on those, Gorilla Glue just oozed out everywhere. Now, have you ever had a pressurized can of the insulation foam that you've squirted around a door jam or uh, a crack in your house? That's exactly what it looked like around my boots. <laughs> so I walked in and Carrie said, goodness gracious, that looks awful. And guess what? I did not care. <laughs> because I had my old friends on, my feet are comfortable, but it didn't last very long. My gorilla let go. So the more I wore it, my soles began to come apart again. And Carrie said, you've got to get some new boots. She said, okay, we're going to go to town. And uh, when we go Christmas shopping, she said, I'll buy you some new boots for Christmas. I said, okay. So we go to the boot place. And uh, I'm trying on boots. And guess what kind of boots that I bought? Some Tony Lama boots that look exactly like the last pair I had. And Carrie looked at those. She said, those are just like the last pair that you got. I said, I know. <laughs> now, how many of you know ladies are going to buy something different? Yes. But guys, we're notorious. Just give me something comfortable. It's familiar to me. Don't rearrange the furniture in my house. He's preaching now, Ethel. Don't change things up. I love the comfort of the familiar, but that can become an obstacle in your life. It can become an obstacle in my life because we get so locked into the familiar, we're not launching out to something new. We're not going out to new territory. We're not entering into a new season because we want the old season to continue forever. Honey, listen, the old season does not last forever. So... We don't want to get locked into the familiar. Here's number two. It's the discomfort of the unfamiliar. The discomfort of the unfamiliar. If you're here as a guest for the first time, you walked into the unfamiliar. If you go to a new class, you go to a new job, go to a new school, meet new people, it's the discomfort of the unfamiliar. Some of you are transitioning right now. Today may be your first time. Maybe this, this month or this year was your first time. You're moving into the unfamiliar. And there is this pull of the old familiar to hold you there. But if you stay there, you may quit growing. You may not increase. You may not move forward. Don't let that tie of the familiar keep you from where God's leading you to. Can I hear an Amen. You, you see, there is the discomfort of the unfamiliar, but thirdly, there is the unknown of the next season. The unknown of the next season. What will tomorrow be? 
What will it look like? Can I get involved? Uh, what will the job look like? What will retirement look like? What will a new baby look like? What will a new marriage look like? What will life tomorrow look like without someone I love? What will my next year be without someone that I've been with nearly all my life? What will it be like this year without my dad? What will it be like this year without my mom? My husband, my wife, my child. What will it be like? It's that unfamiliar. It's difficult. It's risky because we're moving into a new season. But guess what God does? God works with us by seasons. He knows what we're going into. So he goes before us and he makes the way sometimes where there seems to be no way. And so you and I, are, we're walking that. We're traversing that. There's a scripture in Isaiah where the Lord is saying, hey, you've served idols. You have inflamed yourself under every tree on every hilltop. You have sacrificed and you've given human sacrifice. But he says, I'm preparing a new way for you. I'm preparing a new season for you. Prepare the way. Get the stumbling blocks out of the way. Get the rocks out of the way because there's going to be obstacles from you getting to point A to point B. And that's what the enemy does. He throws roadblocks up in your way. He throws them up in my way. It's the unknown of the road ahead of you. It's the unknown of the next season ahead of you. You remember going to college for the first time? Walking in there? And you were a big man on campus at Loco? <laughs> now you're at the University of Oklahoma? You were BMOC in Walters and now you're at Oklahoma State University? And they could care a rip from where you came from. I remember when I left Grandview, the four-roomed, eight-grade schoolhouse, and went to Comanche. And you say, well, yeah, that was a big transition. It was if you were there. I walked into that high school, and the bell rang, and when it was over, I was still standing in the hall. Oh, yeah, we had bells there. It was out on a pole, and it had a rope on it, and someone went out there, and they clanged it. You say, really? It's Stone Age, I know, but that, that's true. When it was time for school, someone went out there, and if you were the lucky student, you got to run out there, and you got to pull the rope. And now I'm in a new season. Now I'm going from a little country school to high school, and the school's not very big, but yet it's a big transition. It's a new season, and the bells ring, and guess what? They change classes every hour. We didn't change classes in two years. It's the truth. We're in the same class for two years. You said, did they hold you back? No, that's just the system. It was the season. And I remember standing in the hallway and the bells rang and I didn't know where to go. And someone came along and said, do you know where to go? And I said, no. And they said, well, let me show you where you need to go. New season. A little intimidating. Unfamiliar. Some of you are there. Don't let the unknown of the next season keep you from moving. Here's the last thing this morning. The repercussions of moving into your new season may be very, may be very vivid for you. You say, well, what do you mean? This is ironic, I think. Back in John chapter 5, remember the lame man is healed? But when you read the entirety of the chapter, the focus was not healing on the lame man. The focus 
In chapter 5 was not the healing of the lame man. The focus was that he was healed on the Sabbath. This is crazy. I mean, people should have gathered around and said, Wow, you're healed. Not so. But it's also interesting that Jesus didn't use the water to heal him. Remember he said, uh, before I can get to the water, somebody always gets in front of me. There's an obstacle. I, I can't get there. For some reason, I, I can't get there. I've been in this state for 38 years, and Jesus asked the obvious, do you want to be made whole? Duh. And that's when the lame man said, yeah, I want to be made whole, but I can't get there. Somebody's always getting in front of me. And then Jesus said, hey, take up your bed, take up your mat, take up your cot and walk. And when he did, he was miraculously healed. But then the focus did not stay on the healing. The focus moved on this guy healed you on the Sabbath. Now, this is interesting. He really didn't know who healed him. He didn't know. A guy comes along to you and a man, oh, yeah, sure, take up your bed and walk. He takes up the bed. He's healed. And boom, Jesus is gone. And then the religious community said, hey, who healed you? He said, I'm not for sure. But one thing I know, I'm walking. When I read that this morning early, I thought about the blind man. Remember him? Here's a guy blind. Disciples go by, who sinned, this man or his parents? Jesus said, neither one. He was born blind. God's going to get glory out of this. And then the religious community again, they come along and they said, hey, who healed you? Do you know who he was? I'm not for sure who healed me. But do you know that he may have a devil? He, he, he's healing people on the Sabbath. He's not who he should be. I love the response by the blind man. You remember? The blind man said, I don't know who he was, but i tell you what I do know. Once I was blind, but now I see. Isn't that cool? Same scenario. Who healed you? I'm really not for sure. Do you realize when you go to chapter 5, verse 14, Jesus finds this guy who is now walking in the temple, and he comes up to him and he says, hey, you're physically whole. But I also want you to know your sins are forgiven you. And you need to walk the walk. You need to be who you should be. Don't go out and sin anymore lest a worse thing come on you. You know what Jesus is saying? I'm concerned about your physical body, but I'm more concerned about who you are inside. I'm more concerned about your, your eternity. I, I'm, I'm, I'm concerned about how you're going to live the rest of your life. I want you to make heaven. Do you realize you could be healed physically but still be lost? Because you and I have to be converted by the power of Jesus Christ to believe on him, what he did at the cross. He shed blood. That's the focus, and Jesus wanted him to know. It's not just a physical healing. You need to be healed on the inside too. He says, don't sin anymore. But then the focus is on the healing on the Sabbath. Your attention, please. Everybody's not going to be happy that you've entered a new season. Everybody's not going to get on your bandwagon and beat your drum. You know what they're going to do? Oh, now she thinks she's better than everybody else. Oh, look at Miss Holy. Look at Miss Prissy. She's going to church now. 
Who does she think she is? Oh, look at him, holier than thou. Dal was sitting here in the early service up front, and I kind of used him and I as an example. Do you realize that we used to run with a different crowd? Not that they were any worse than anybody else, but we did things and we ran with them. And, and then when we were converted and we began to serve Christ and go to church, you know, we didn't want to discard them as friends, but we had to go a divergent way. We had to go a different way. And some were happy for us, and some applauded us, and they lauded us, and they were happy for us, but some of them did not understand. This is the direction we're going to go. Now, there are going to be people that you know, and they're going to say, oh, yeah, you're going to church now? What am I, chopped liver? Uh, so, so you're going to go down there to Ray of Hope now? And if you don't watch it, you will let them hold you back from what God is doing to bring you to a new season, a new place, a new life, a new hope that God has for you. And there's somebody here today, you desperately need things to change in your life. You need to go a different direction, a different way. You need to secure heaven as your home, and you cannot do it in the season you're in. You've got to let God do something marvelous and supernatural in your life, or you will limp through the rest of your life just like the lame man. And God has to come along and say, do you want to change? And you and I have to throw our hand up and say, absolutely, I've got to have a change in my life. I'm tired, sick and tired of the season I'm in. God, give me a new season. And the good news is he can give it to you. And he wants to give it to you. And we need it. We all need it. He moves us from faith to faith to glory to glory. He moves us from season to season to season to season. Paul says, when I was a child, I thought as a child, I spake as a child, but I had to come to a new season. I had to grow up. I had to move forward. I had to take steps. I had to be prepared for a new season. I had to be positioned for a new season. It's better to be prepared for something that doesn't happen than to have something happen and you're not prepared for it. And guess what? God gives us a new season. Yeah. I want to be like Sister Johnson. I'll take him and him and him. But you know what? What I want to do is I want to say, I'll take him. That's the one I want. I'll take him. Because when I take him, everything changes. Everything changes. My season literally changes. Bow your head with me right now. We are so thankful you joined us today. We would love to hear from you at rayofhopepodcast at gmail.com. Let us know how you are encouraged and how we can pray for you. Remember, Christ in you is the hope of glory, and hope changes everything.